Hello, thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of war to you, thank you and God bless. Everybody doing all right? Trying to get myself together this morning. We're starting a new series on this morning. We're talking about the gospel. Now, that may look familiar to some of you out there. Because there's a different way in which we're going to teach this on today. In the month of June, we have a gospel meeting or a gospel series that we're doing called the One Word Series. And the theme is God and My iPod, the playlist of life. And each speaker that we have coming in on every Wednesday is going to present a sermon titled uh, based on a song and they're going to preach the word of God based on a song title and so I thought about you know my favorite one of my favorite musicians is Michael Jackson and so what I did was I, I found four songs of his in which to teach the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ to you all on this this month of June and so this morning we start off with the song which is titled we are the world we are the world. How many of y'all remember that song? Yeah? That was a long time ago. I thought it came out when I was a kid, but it came out a year before I was born. So that's, that's, it's, it's not that old, but it's old. <laughs> it's old. <laughs> and so when we look at this song here, uh, this song was, uh, it was written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. And there was at the time, the 1985, there was a, there was in Ethiopia, there was extreme poverty. There were people starving, um, and so what happened is, is that Harry Belafonte, he said it would be a really good thing if we got all the top artists of our time, and then they got together and they put together an effort to make a song that would aid these poor people in Africa. And so it was on the night of an award show, I believe it was the American Music Awards, right after the award show, all of these big artists, these big name artists from the 80s, they came down the street to a recording studio where Quincy Jones was waiting for them. And Michael and Lionel had penned the song already, and they told the people before they even came into the door, they said, check your egos at the door. This isn't about looking fancy and wearing your suits and your fancy gowns that you wore to the war ceremony. The point of what we're doing here is for other people who are less fortunate. And so, as you'll see here, when they came together, they had taken off their gowns, they had taken off their uh, fancy suits, and they they were wearing regular clothes like 
we wear during the week, right? You see a lot of famous people out there, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross, Stevie Nicks, right? All these people that we see up here. And all of them came together. They didn't get paid for this. They just came together and they penned this song and they sang this song. And the lyrics go like this. The chorus says, we are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. It's true. We'll make a better day. Just you and me. When they released this song on March 7th, which is my birthday, a whole year before my birthday, March 7th, 1985, this record sold like crazy. It sold 800,000 copies in three days. And it made $63 million that went all to Ethiopia and those in need. The song was created for a purpose. And any deviation from that purpose would have taken away from the song. If Michael would have came in moonwalking across the screen, that wasn't about the people. It would have been changed and distorted into something that it was not. If Lionel Richie would have came in with one of those crazy suits the Commodores used to wear, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been the same song. If Stevie Wonder would have riffed too long with his ad-libs, it would not have been the same song. But what happened was there was a purpose for them being there. They fulfilled that purpose, and because they fulfilled this purpose and they stuck to the plan, people who were less needy were helped out. And I just want a proposition to you for today, because a lot of time when we talk about the gospel, we talk about the death, burial, and resurrection, but I need for you to understand first the purpose for the gospel, because there would be no need for the death, burial, and resurrection if we had not deviated from the original plan, intention of God. You see, God created us, not haphazardly, not by accident, not with uh, an explosion and then we came from ooze and we morphed from tadpoles to monkeys into human beings. No, that's not how it works. God intended to create man for a purpose. And God told Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, check your egos at the door. But they did not. And so we had a need for the gospel. And when God told us to check our egos, we did not. And so we have need for a gospel. So I want you this morning to turn your Bibles with me for a moment to Genesis. Most of your Bibles, if you got small print, that's going to be on page number one. If you got large print, it might be page 15. Genesis chapter one, verse number 26 we're going to read through 28. I want to read the passage in its entirety this morning. If you have your Bible, say amen. If you're there, say amen. I know this is going to be the quickest passage that we got to. Genesis. Everybody know where Genesis is. First book, first chapter, verse number 26. Verse number 26. And the Bible reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Can we say our image? And then he goes on to say, according to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. 
God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful. Can we say be fruitful? Multiply. Can we say multiply? Fill the earth and subdue it, he says. And then he says, rule. Can we say rule? Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. I want you to see here that that what God has done, what God has done is God took nothing and made something. Do y'all realize that's what's happening here? As we look at the account of creation, now Genesis isn't the first book written, but it is the beginning of beginnings. Does everybody have a, a, a bulletin? I have the notes there on the back. I pre-printed some of those for you on the back if you need that. The first point that I want to touch on this morning is humanity is set apart from all creation. Humanity is set apart from all creation. What I need you to understand is, is that God in the beginning created the heavens and earth. And we all know this and we all recognize this as truth. It states that God created the heavens and the earth and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. But it was dark. And so God said, let there be light. God separated the light. And so as we see all of these things over the course of six days, God has a pattern that is set over the course of five of those six days. And it always starts off with let there be. When God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, let there be water, there's water. When God said, let the land dry up in certain places and form the continents, there they were. When God said, let there be winged animals, you have a crow, you have an eagle. Falcons. When God said, let the fish fill up the sea, you have whales, you have fish. You got that good fish that swims all on the mud called catfish, right? God just said, let there be. And all of these different species existed. How much power is there in that? Think about how complex animals are. How complex light is. How complex the sun is. How complex the moon is. The rotation of the earth and the moon and the planet, the solar system. God just said, let there be. And it was. There's a pattern that's established there. Let there be. And it says, when God said, let there be, he didn't have to say it two times. It just says, and it was, or and it was so. When God speaks things into creation, they just happen. And then when God speak, and when he spoke all of these things into creation, it says that God looked at what he created and saw that it was what? Good. Everything that he spoke into being, he looked at and he saw that it was good. But whenever it came time to look at this creation and and time to create this thing called human. God didn't simply just say, let there be human. Did he say that? Turn your Bibles with me. Look at verse number 26. Look at your Bible. Look at your Bibles here. I want you to see what God did. Every day up until this point. When God created something, he said, let there be. But when it comes time to make man, 
Adam, right? You look in the Hebrew, Adam. When you look at this, when it's time to create men, God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. God saw humanity as something that was set apart from all other creation. He didn't say, I'm going to take the little chihuahua dog and create him in my image. He didn't say, I'm going to take the falcon and that's going to be in my image. He didn't say, I'm going to take the whale and that's going to be in my image. But he said, I'm going to take my time on this thing called mankind and I'm going to create him in my image. Now, is that to say that God has fingers and toes and legs and arms? No, what God is speaking about, he he, this human being that he's about to create in Adam and Eve is made according to his likeness. He has the ability to create. He has the ability to have dominion over things. He has the ability to duplicate and replicate the characteristics of God. He says, whenever I, when we create this thing, because he says, hey, let us, when, we, when I create this thing, I want man to be in our image, and I want him to rule over the fish of the sea. Now, some of us, we go fishing, and we throw all our bait in the water. We say, why, God, why don't I have rule and dominion over these fish? I can't catch none of these fish. What's going on, God? That's not what he's talking about here. It's not something that we just go to these animals and say, come here, and they come, or else there'd be none left because we'd be to hunt them all, right? But God, he's chosen to make man and put him in a position of authority over creation. He's placed us in a position of authority over creation. We're still not doing all right with that one, right? Both the North and the South Pole, all that ice up there melting, we keep polluting this thing we're supposed to love on, right? And take care of this earth, right? We can't throw trash out the windows. We should try to recycle if we can because we have dominion over this thing here. God says they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. God made us as unique creatures that were set apart, totally different. There's some people in this world that treat dogs better than they treat human beings. I need for you to understand. Don't get mad at me. I know you like your little Fifi, Fufi dogs. Right? But human beings are the most unique creatures on this earth. Nothing else is like us. Nothing. They might say that monkeys look similar, but monkeys ain't human beings. Gorillas might have the capacity to do sign language, but they still cannot produce words. Human beings are unique. We have spirit. The next thing, when God creates, it's unique. When God creates, it's unique. I want you to see what I'm talking about here. Go to verse number 27. Verse number 27. The Bible reads, what does it say there, Brother Arnold? 
So God created man in his own image. Now, most of your Bibles, if you have your Bibles open, if you notice, that section for verse number 27 is set up and it looks like a poem in some Bibles. Most Bibles are set up like a poem. You have one line, so God created man. Second line, in his own image. He created him in the image of God. That says he created him in the image of God. Then what else? He created the male and female. The writer here is saying the same thing over and over and over again. And why is that? I want you to see this here. Because we read this, right? And when we read Genesis chapter 1, it's more than likely something that we read for children. Y'all probably listen now like, I already know this, Chris. We learned this whenever I was in the beginner's class. But this author is saying something right here. And this is what he's saying. This word for create that he's using here. This word for create that he's using here in Hebrew, barah, right? This word is only used in the Hebrew Bible to describe what God does. This word for create is only used for God in the Hebrew Bible. The Old Testament is only used for God. Now, why is that? You may say to yourself that, that me and my husband, we created our children. That's not Barah. You might say to yourself, I created some bad fried chicken last night. That's not Barah. You might say, my grandma makes the best Kool-Aid in the world. That's not Barah. You see, when God creates, he takes nothing and makes something. When we create, we just take created things and mix them together and hope that it comes out good. Hope that our kids come out good. Hope that our fried chicken comes out good. Hope that our Kool-Aid come out good. But when God creates, he creates something from nothing and it's unique. God took what he created in dirt. He created dirt. People might say, Okay, we can we can put this seed together with this egg and we can have a fetus inside this tube for five years, 500 years, and then have a human being. But you did not create the egg and the seed. God created the dirt and then he formed man from it. And what I need for you to understand is, is that human beings are unique. And they are unique in this sense because God wants them to be not totally separate but unique to creation. We are supposed to have dominion and rule over created things. And I'm going to keep saying that until you get that and remember that and be able to recite that. We're supposed to have dominion over created things. That means that the person who created Jack Daniels made something that was already created and it should not have dominion over you because you're supposed to have control over the created thing. That means that Becky Sue and old Uncle Larry that you used to date back in the gap, he ought not have control over you. Because he and she is a created thing. And even when we talk about that good old bacon, Avon brought some bacon donuts this morning. That bacon is a created thing. And it ought not have dominion and rule over you. God created us to have dominion and rule over created things, not the other way around. 
And see, when you think about it, like this song that, that uh, Michael wrote here, We Are the World, they saw themselves as people who were privileged, in a high position, rich. And they said, there are people who have nothing. Right? Y'all remember the lyric? There are people dying if we care enough. They care enough. And with human beings being in the privileged position to which God has placed us, with human beings being in the privileged position to where God has placed us as created beings, it's our job to do something. We're going to see this here in uh, verse, oh, go, back, go to my next point here. I've got to make this point first. My next point, God wanted his image copied and multiplied. God wanted his image copied and multiplied. Read verse number 28. God blessed them. Uh-huh. And God said to them, okay. be fruitful, multiply. God looks at man and woman and he says, I'm blessing you right here. I'm giving you something good. He says, be fruitful, multiply, and multiply. Listen, be fruitful and multiply. Some of y'all saying, Chris, I don't want any more kids. <laughs> Something that God is trying to do here. It's more than just, yes, he does want them to have children and populate the earth. But there's something more to be said here. It would seem as though when he says be fruitful and multiply that he's saying the same thing. But this is what I want you to see in this. When God says that he created man and woman in his image and after his likeness, and then he says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, God wants us to continue to produce and multiply his image across this earth. And there's a point for that. God wants us to continue to produce and multiply his image on his earth. Can't nobody take care of my kids better than me and my wife. That's what we created. They might be messed up. But that's what we created. We have stake in them that you don't have. We've invested in them unlike you've invested in them. God has invested in this world. God has invested in this creation. And he says, I need for you people who are created in my image to have ruler, rulership and dominion over this created thing that I have made. And I need you to do it like I would do it. And that's why he said we are in his image. We are after his likeness. because. If we take care of things the way that God has for us to take care of things, then nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. When God's image is copied and multiplied exactly, then it is impossible for what is good to go bad. Y'all remember God looked at all these things and he said that it's good after he created it all. On the seventh day, he did what? Rested. He looked at everything and said it's good. When God's image is copied and multiplied exactly, then it is impossible 
for what God has called good to go bad. And so, God created something that was good in the beginning. He even prescribed a diet for them. Told them how to eat. They had a vegetarian diet. I don't think I could have made it in the garden. But he told them, you made in my image. I want you to have dominion over created things. I want you to multiply this image that I've created that is like myself. And I want you to populate the earth. But as we all know, God's image was distorted. See, what happened is that God's creation ended up having dominion over the one that was supposed to have dominion. Turn your Bibles over to Genesis chapter 3. And I didn't put it up here because I want y'all to read this. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 22. The creation that was unique and that was created after the likeness of God and that was set apart from all creation, it decided that God was not the one to follow. It decided that God was not the one to rule. And so as we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse number 22, the Bible says, the Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. Verse number 23, so the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. When man was in good relationship with God, he had access to two trees that were special in the garden. One tree, if he were to eat of the fruit, meant that he no longer would rely on God for everything. He would learn of good and evil for himself and by experience instead of asking God about it. And so Eve said, I want that. I want to be like God. Adam said, I want that woman. And so he ate of the fruit after she ate of the fruit. And God had to remove them from the garden. Because with God being a just God, and with them doing evil, he had to punish. And instead of killing them and taking their life, he took the life of an animal and made coverings for their body. Because they knew that they were naked. And so we look at this, and we understand from the beginning book, Genesis, why there was a need for the gospel. We understand why there was a need for God to send someone to save us, not from him, but from ourselves. So we have to ask ourselves the question, are we still created beings in the image and likeness of God? 
if God were to come down here with a checklist of who he is, if God were to come down here to this earth with a checklist of who he is and ask us to honest, honestly answer questions about ourselves and if we lined up with who he is, how many boxes would God be able to check off? How many boxes? You may be asking yourself the question, well, how can I be made in the image of God? How can I be made me? That's a good question. But I want to paint for you a moment the picture of what our world would look like if we all were made in the image of God. If our community was made after the image of God and showed the image of God, would there even be look an avenue G? Would there be an avenue G? And I'm not talking about the street. I'm talking about what exists on Avenue G. Prostitution, drug use, homelessness, mental illness. All of this goes on on this street from the time the sun goes up until the sun goes down. But what if we all reflected the image of God? Would that exist? What if in the church we reflected the image of God? What if we reflected the unity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And we thought to ourselves, it's more important for me to love my brother and sister than put them down. It's more important for good to happen than for me to get my own way. What if? What if we put the needs of others before ourselves? That's what God did through Jesus. What if in our world, the whole entire world, not just temple, the whole entire world, what if the whole world reflected the image of God? Would 12 people have been shot the other day? If we respected this unique creation, would people be killing each other? Would people disrespect life and say that a fetus is not a human? Would there be gender discrimination if we reflected the image of God? Will women be paid less for jobs that they do the same as men if we reflected the image of God? I don't think so. I do not think so. So you may be asking, how is it that I can be made new? I don't look like what God created. I wouldn't be able to match up with the checklist if God came down here. I might not be able to check any boxes. I want you to understand that all hope is not lost. You can be made new. You can be made in the image of God. And the good news that in which we're going to be discussing this whole month is, is that Jesus Christ came to this earth in the form of a human being, and he died for each and every person's sins. 
He died so that you could be with God forever. And you cannot make it to heaven if you don't believe that good news. It's as simple as that. You must believe. You must repent. You got to say to yourself, I know that my image doesn't look like what God created it to be. I need to change. You must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must be baptized for the mission of your sins. That is the only way to access the blood of Jesus. A prayer won't do it. Sign in the clouds won't do it. You must be baptized for the mission of your sins. If you want to be saved this morning, if you want to be made new this morning, I invite you to do so as we sing the song of invitation. To Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I 